The following program is intended for mature audiences. Greetings, Flesh Wound After Dark Freaks, and welcome to some more Black Emmanuel. I'm Flesh Wound Dan, or Flesh Wound Dan, because I forgot to do sexy voice. Nope. And I'm joined by producer Todd. No sexy voice on Black Emmanuel. We've already there's no more, there's no more you know, sexy in your voice when you've recorded like 50 shows in a row. You know, it's, just, it's funny. The sexy's gone. Uh, well, I'm like Shawn Michaels now, present day. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Shawn Michaels. I just have no more sizzle left, Todd. Um, oh, Jesus. You know, it's funny. Watching the opening, my brain still tries to decode what I'm watching. <laughs> like, I think I just saw a titty. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my smile. YouTube, I guarantee looks. you do not. <laughs> Lost my smile and my good looks. What can I say? Uh, but uh, nonetheless, we are here to cover more Black Emmanuel uh, and Disc Seven, to be specific. Disc Seven. I've I'm past the point where I can remember what disc. But well, I got you. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Uh, so we're gonna kick it off with. Uh, we're kind of getting into that. Not really black emmanuel run at this point um <laughs> so you know she's not really emmanuel she's ava uh, I, yeah i thought it was weird when they included a lot of these in the box set and didn't just call it like the laura gemser box set but i get it black emmanuel and there's also retitled to make them black emmanuels mm-hmm. so it, I, I, I get it but but the exclusion of the alcove, which people bitched about, I understand because Black Cobra Woman's in here. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I, I mean, it was at a point, like, even some of the mainstream stuff she did, like that TV movie uh, that she did uh, with... Um... Emmanuel's Book Club was the retitle. <laughs> 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 I would have liked to see her keep going uh, mainstream. Uh, just like you said, it's just like it's some romantic comedy with, uh, I, I don't know, Robert Redford. And it's just like Emmanuel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely getting retitled in Italy. <laughs> you just got a lot of like angry Italian dudes. She didn't get naked once. <laughs> It was just about it was just about Robert Redford finding her lost puppy. <laughs> Not nary a titty in sight. What's going on here? Uh, so yeah, so it, it, interesting set. They tried to sort of slap Emmanuel on anything because Lori Gemser. You just saw her face and you thought Emmanuel. I'm surprised we didn't get Emmanuel versus the troll. Uh, <laughs> well, that would. <laughs> <be awesome. laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I just popped myself. Oh my god! You... I just thought of the greatest thing, and I'm not going to tell because I have to make it. 
a tour versus Emmanuel. We could have done that. D'Amato could have thrown that together. <laughs> there were a lot of options there for Black Emmanuel. Why? Why? But, how did we not? How did Endgame not get retitled with Emmanuel? Emmanuel's Endgame. You know, I had a conversation years and that, ago. That's, and that's the uh, Italian Endgame, obviously not the. Yeah. <laughs> Although if Emmanuel would have came out of one of those goddamn rigs, I would have popped like a motherfucker. <laughs> I talked years ago to uh, 42nd Street Pete, Pete Chiarella, uh, check out anything that he wrote because he's like the grindhouse expert. He was there for He's everything he wishes he was. I, I wish... I could have been alive in the seventies to just see grindhouse movies on 42nd street. But uh, he talked about it. Like Laura Gemster was huge. People would go great, you know, obviously for the content to, to watch some of these Emmanuel movies over and over. They had repeat business. Uh, she was huge uh, at the grindhouse. Uh, so uh, yeah. So she's an icon. And this set definitely did her justice. It's an expensive set, but I will still say that I do believe it is worth it. Uh, so getting into our next uh, uh, Emmanuel-esque movie, Black Cobra, which uh, is also, well, this this one has a, a lot of titles. Uh, Emmanuel and the Deadly Black Cobra. It, it's come out as uh, Black Cobra Woman. Uh, Black Ava or Ava Nera, uh, which is Black Cobra, I believe. That's the uh, Italian title. Yeah, so it, it's this one's had a lot of releases under a lot of different titles, but on this set, it is just Black Cobra. And in Black Cobra, uh, Ava, played by uh, played by uh, Laura Gemser, comes to Hong Kong. Uh, seeing Ava perform with a snake, Judas, played by the legendary Academy Award winner Jack Palance, gets interested in her. He showers her with gifts, and she moves in with him and his snakes. Things, however, get grim when uh, Judas's brother, uh, Jules Carmichael, played by Gabriel Tinti, uh, causes a very... Uh, a very deadly love triangle. And so in this film, this one, is, this one's really kind of fascinating to watch because you forget just how big of a star Jack Palance was. And I mean, he was in so many different uh, classic films in his day uh, that, that, uh, I mean, it's amazing. I, he he did City Slickers after this. This was such a different time that you could end up in a movie, uh, a movie like this, and uh, still uh, do big mainstream things. And you know, Jack Palance, he was you know mostly known for playing uh, villains. Uh, although Curly, of course, in City Slickers was beloved by all. Uh, he. He had he had a really good career in Europe, despite being a big Hollywood star of films like uh, 1950s *Panic in the Streets*. A uh, personal favorite, the Oscar-nominated *Sudden Fear*. Um, he was in *Shane*, where he plays a great villain. 
uh, Man in the Attic from 53, I believe. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, won the Oscar for 1991 City Slickers. Uh, which is you a- left out one important thing. Ooh, what? The first thing I think of when I think of Jack Palance. That is the television series. Oh, which one? And that is Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, watching his voice, this... his voice for that show is kind of like unsolved mm-hmm. mysteries. You kind of just, for me, those voices and the shows go together. And I would get a lot of shit if I didn't mention of also Batman, <laughs> Batman eighty nine from Pugs. Uh, so yeah, he he managed. This guy would go. He would do a movie with Joe D'Amato or Jess Franco. Uh, although uh, he, he was in uh, Jess Franco's most expensive film, but uh, he he would do all of this and still just kind of jump around. It was interesting how actors could could really do that uh, back at this time. Uh, one that uh, I thought of that I don't believe has ever had any kind of physical media release. It might have had a, it had a VHS, obviously, but uh, Ebenezer. It was the Christmas Carol Western set film that he was in, uh, which I remember kind of liking. It was different. You know, it was Old West and it was kind of a cool take on Christmas Carol. So uh, track that down if you can. It's it's one that, God, I haven't watched in years and I'd like to check it out again. But uh, also one of my favorite acts in movies, Tango and Cash. uh, He was. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, Marquis de Sade's Justine, which he did for Jess Franco, I believe Franco's most expensive uh, film that he ever did, uh, kind of at the height of his career. Uh, he was also a big action guy. Uh, he did The Mercenary for Sergio Corbucci, one of my all-time favorite spaghetti westerns. Uh, also did Campaneros uh, for Corbucci. Uh, Dracula, I think he's a very underrated Dracula uh, in Dan Curtis's film. Yeah uh yeah amazing amazing actor and uh very cool to see him uh do a uh well a sort of black emmanuel film i think probably maybe not having the emmanuel title on on this one might have helped him as far as signing on for it (laughs) maybe black cobra or deadly black cobras sells a little bit better than uh well you know are we getting are we getting snakes ending up places they shouldn't be in this black movie? Emmanuel Cobra? <laughs> uh, we also in this film get uh, Michelle Stark as a Jerry. She was also actually in uh, Laura, the uh, Emmanuel Arsan directed film, and uh, that is sort of a different take on Emmanuel Ar- Emmanuel Arsan's novel she's the author of the emmanuel novel from 1959 that started it all uh although it's kind of widely rumored that her husband uh louis jacques relay uh adrian i believe he's got a long name uh, was the actual author of that book but uh, she directed that film and michelle stark is also uh in that uh she kind of called it a career when she appeared in 1984's bachelor party the tom hanks sex comedy one of the best of all time uh we also get uh ziggy zanger in this one there's a lot of uh cast uh carryover with the other film that we're going to talk about after but uh ziggy zanger was uh also uh in uh black velvet which we'll talk about later 
Uh, she also did the uh, Bruno Mattei sex comedy from 1976, Little Cousin, My Love, which I believe is kind of obscure. Um, uh, I can't even remember. I, I think I've seen it, but I think that one's a little bit harder to get a hold of. Uh, we also uh, get uh, Jenny Liang, um, also known as uh, Chen Ni Liang. She plays uh, a dancer here, but also appeared in a lot of classic films, including uh, Shaw Brothers, horror films, Corpse Mania, Bewitched, uh, T.F. Mao's Lost Souls. That's a good one. And uh, Chewy Hark's uh, Dangerous Encounters of the First Kind. And uh, rounding it out, familiar face, uh, Koki Mahoko, uh, who played uh, G in Emmanuel in Bangkok and uh, also appeared in Emmanuel in America. She's back here, and you will uh, certainly recognize her if you don't know the name. Um, so in this one, uh, we kick it off in really typical Emmanuel style uh, with uh, some beautiful uh, stock airport footage and then as Ava arrives in Hong Kong with Jules uh, played by Gabrielle Tinti who she seemingly got to know on the plane um, and uh, uh, Jules talks his brother the snake obsessed Jack Palance uh, into and oh and I I, I apologize um, yeah Jules give Gabrielle Tinti um, Judas Judas is Jack Palance if I said that wrong uh, so he talks uh, Judas, who is the snake-obsessed brother, into going to check out Ava's show. And uh, Judas becomes smitten with uh, Ava uh, during her topless snake charm dance. Uh, who wouldn't be? Uh, he also sees uh, he also sees Emmanuel and her lover playing hide the finger under the table. At dinner, I'm sure they left that out of the script for uh, old Jack. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, this one again, it's not an Emmanuel film. Uh, it's it's a little bit more. I don't know. Story driven is not the the word I'm necessarily looking for, but um, she's her character is distinctly different too. Uh, which I I get it. I know some people wanted some of these titles left off the set so it would be a little bit cheaper and just put them out separately. I, I am personally glad uh, that they're here. And Jack Palance is, is playing somewhat against type. He's not as sinister as you would expect uh, in this role. He's just kind of a, a snake geek. Really, it's a, it's a little bit different. Not that he couldn't play different, but uh, you know, he was just always known as that gruff villain type. Um, and there's there's some uh, you know typical uh, black Emmanuel misogyny on hand here. Uh, Ava has a boyfriend that uh, uh, gets a little bit rough with her uh, in this one, um, and. Uh, for some reason, it's always okay. They just fuck, and that's the end of it. Uh, in typical Black Emmanuel fashion. Um, and uh, <clears throat> there are some, you know, solid erotic scenes. They don't linger as much. Again, uh, that that might be partially a, a Jack Palance thing. Um, there is a uh, uh, pretty pretty sexy massage scene with uh, Ava and uh, Jerry. 
that's uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, for the most part, this is kind of a battle of uh, kind of a sibling rivalry movie, sort of competing for the love of of Ava. Um, and it's just like there's some stuff that almost feels tacked on, like uh, we get a rat fed to a snake. Um, there's a uh, a really really fucked up scene towards the end where there's comeuppance on one of the brothers, let's just say one of the brothers that um, was a real piece of shit. And uh, there, there is like a really nasty revenge uh, (laughs) scene at the end uh, that involves a snake going places. A snake should not go. Uh, So there's that, like I said, there is the brief, um, animal cruelty unfortunately with a, a snake being skinned but for the most part this is kind of black emmanuel light there's nothing in here like an emmanuel in america or uh anything like that but it does have if you want to count it as a black emmanuel movie it has one of the best endings the ending is pretty wild what did you think of uh black cobra todd you're muted todd I enjoy this one. I, I, I have. I remember I pretty sure Black Cobra Women's the first title I saw it under, which I still oh. call it that, so I'm trying to just Black Cobra, but whatever. I probably have a couple times too, but you know what we're talking about. And that's just the, the <laughs> title I think that's most known in the US. Mm-hmm. Although it's never had a, a solid release, which until now, that's the one thing I want to say. I used to see shitty VHS rips and just crappy things. To actually be able to see it was yeah it had a code red release that was fine but this is definitely better than that was that under a horrid cover uh yeah emmanuel and the deadly black cobra was the title they oh i forgot about that okay yeah that okay yeah which this is an upgrade yeah it is but i i did forget there was that one too so that one was at least passable yeah it, it looks great um yeah, I think yeah, the, I'm gonna go back to it's not an Emmanuel film, and that's like my one thing, my biggest thing about mm-hmm. it. But it's it's yeah, Laura Gemser, like I like like the alcoves one that I do enjoy also. It's just a different one, so she doesn't always have to be Black Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think Palance is really fun in this one, so he's always he's always entertaining to watch, no matter what he does. Yeah, this this was also shot back to back with uh, Emmanuel in Bangkok, um, and there were other names. Uh, Hot Pants, I think it was put out. Uh, Emmanuel goes Japanese, which is like totally racist because it's Hong Kong. But that it was put out in some places as Emmanuel. Is that in America? <laughs> I don't believe America. Uh, it was also known as Erotic Ava. Uh, that's why sometimes doing these shows, it's like even I have to like remembers like okay this was this is that one <laughs> you know it does get confusing uh because there's a lot of these and then there's a fucking insane amount of these that are not uh, that are in that emmanuel universe that are not uh all uh and not then all got, and then we got but, like the other ones too that are adjacent like yellow emmanuel and all those other ones too yeah yeah um bruno Mattei also worked on this as an editor um and uh and 
Yeah. Um, the The audio commentary from Sam Dagan is always you get a lot of back, a lot of backstory and information uh, on this. They talk a little bit about some of Laura Gemser's other roles, Voyage of the Damned, uh, Bushido Blade that she did with uh, uh, James Earl Jones, uh, and the. Uh, uh, the the TV movie that she did, Love Is Forever, from 1983, that uh, did really well. But I think that was kind of leading to her wanting to make an exit from acting because they uh, they made her use a different name in the credits because they didn't want anybody to recognize her from the sex films that <laughs> she did. Uh, and again, I've talked about this on previous episodes. It's too bad because she really did have a presence about her that I think she could have, she was capable of doing more. Um, but, you know, alas, wasn't meant to be. Um, and uh, all the extras are really good. I'm not going to run them all down, but uh, you do get uh, from Prague to Hong Kong, an interview with actress uh, Michelle Stark that runs about 13 minutes. Uh, still shockingly lovely woman. I think it's a newer interview. Uh, and she talks about uh, fleeing her home country of Prague for Germany, moving to Rome, and then uh, falling into uh, film, the film world. Uh, she has a cool story about doing LSD in Berlin with uh, Helmut Berger, uh, which had to be a, a, a trip, literally. Uh, she said Jack Palance was kind of an asshole, which made me sad, but... Uh, <laughs> That's just her uh, her opinion. Um, so, <laughs> um, and uh, what else we get here? That's that's one of the big ones. Um, and yeah, so Black Cobra, Todd. What do you rate it? Um, on Black Cobra, I, I'm a three and a half. I do like this one. Sweet, sweet. Um, I. Yeah, I'm a three and a half as well, because I really like Palance. And I think that ending sealed it. I mean, what they do with the snake, I thought was it was a very satisfying ending. And some of these movies don't always have satisfying endings. So, uh, yeah, that rise that raises it up for me. Uh, but not really the next title, movie. I will not be calling Black Veil, but I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well... You can call it whatever whatever you know it as, Todd. That works. But uh, our next film, according to the DVD, according, fuck, I'm all over the place. According to the Blu-ray is Black Velvet from director Brunello Rondi. And uh, in this film, glamorous but passive and, br and brow-beaten fashion model Laura and her abusive photographer husband Carlo go to Egypt to visit Laura's wealthy friend Crystal. While staying at Crystal's palatial abode, Laura befriends Crystal's free-spirited daughter, Pina, and falls under the charismatic spell of shifty spiritual guru, Horatio. Uh, so, okay. So, definitely not an Emmanuel movie. Uh, this one <laughs> is something very, very different. Uh, but different's not a bad thing. Um, so, a little bit uh, on our... Uh, well, actually... Let's talk a little bit about some of the alt titles. I was, was going to say, I, I, I set it up. Come on. 
It was also known as Smooth Velvet Raw Silk. Uh, what do you know it as, Todd? Obviously, it's White Emmanuel, Black Emmanuel. There you go. That's the big one. What uh, what what was the one Full Moon release it under? I want to say it was that, or was it Black Velvet? No, it was. I, I can't remember. It's somewhere over yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> there there are a lot, and it's very confusing sometimes. But uh, uh, the cast in this one, uh, we have Annie Bell, the uh, French actress uh, who uh, was actually uh, who's actually uh, dating Al Kleiber at the time, who plays our spiritual guru Horatio in this film. Of course, Al Kleiber is uh, is exploitation, horror, royalty, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Annie Bell uh, was known for, uh, she did uh, the uh, non-Laura Gemser film, Teenage Emmanuel, uh, and uh, One Day at the End of October. Uh, she played the one of the leading roles of Lisa in House on, the, House on the Edge of the Park. Uh, she was also featured in uh, Joe D'Amato's Absurd. Uh, she was in one of my personal all-time favorites, uh, Jean Roland's Lips of Blood, and The Alcove, also for Joe D'Amato. Uh, Annie Bell's not a name that you hear about often. She's she's no household name, but uh, she made some classic films with some amazing directors. Uh, so... I always think it's important to highlight that Annie Bell should get more love. Uh, gorgeous woman and uh, lots of movie memories. Uh, we also have uh, Neves Navarro, uh, who plays uh, Crystal. Uh, she's a Spanish actress, also known as Susan Scott, which might be a more familiar name to cult film enthusiasts uh she was the wife of director luciano ercoli uh she's known for spaghetti westerns a pistol for ringo and its sequel return of ringo which uh, arrow video actually put those both out on blu-ray she was in emmanuel and the last cannibals she also uh, had a had a big role in All the Colors of the Dark, a great Jallo, Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion. Uh, she did uh, Adios Sabata, So Sweet, So Dead, Death Walks on High Heels, Death Walks at Midnight, and uh, just for you, Cliff Booth, I know you're a big fan, The Big Gun Down. Um, so yeah, she's she's also legendary, uh, and all and another. Interesting casting. I mean, I know a lot of you probably won't know this name, but uh, Fyodor Shalapin Jr., uh, who was a Russian-born actor. He was actually a silent-era uh, uh, character actor um, who did uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls with Gary Cooper. Uh, he played Professor Arnold in Dario Argento's Inferno, which is what a lot of people might know him for. Uh, he also he was Robert De Niro's father and Stanley and Iris. He was in Moonstruck. Uh, he also did a great film with Sean Connery called uh, uh, In the Name of the Rose. And uh, Sean Connery famously said about him, uh, he's deaf and blind, but he'll s steal every goddamn scene from you. Uh, great actor. Uh, another one 
you know, I, I feel like not a lot of people know him, but uh, you should check out some of his work because it's it's stellar. Uh, so we open this movie in Egypt. There's just this beautiful temple. Uh, it's not really an Emmanuel movie, but goddamn, they got the exotic locales down. It's it's beautiful. Um, and we uh, we see Crystal, who is this very wealthy woman. She's being washed by a servant uh, in the shower. We kind of set her up. There's a lot of characters in this within this film. Um, then we follow uh, Carlo and uh, Laura, played by the beautiful uh, beautiful Laura Gemser, uh, as they drive through the desert for a photo shoot. And uh, Carlo is kind of a dick. It's one of the more dickish roles from Gabrielle <laughs> Tinty because he's making her do a photo shoot with a dead dog. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty rough. Uh, makes her lay on the dead dog, and he's very demeaning and uh, uh, kind of a dick. Um, Crystal's dealing with; she's really pissed off because her uh, her lover is re- recently abandoned her we've got horatio uh who's this prophet slash religious leader uh maybe a cult leader depending how you look at it uh, really uh crazy dude um who uh, uh crystal is also banging um there is a rather graphic uh cum shot which it, the cum is referred to as a gift of the sun so I guess that's the the hippie way you say jizz. Um, and we bring all of these, this this motley crew of characters uh, who kind of converge at Crystal's place. Um, and uh, this is a weird movie. This is a very weird movie. Uh, we have this, this orgy with Horatio and this, uh, this uh, old gay guy. It, it the daughter comes into the mix, uh, Pina, who obviously uh, takes a liking to uh, Laura, trying hard not to call her Emmanuel. <laughs> and uh, this is just, yeah, this is kind of like a, a erotic drama. There is some comedy uh, to be had at the same time. It's just this mass love triangle it's like a dirty soap opera really is how i would pitch this movie um they they throw a few nasty things in here and there but um you know carla carlo flips out and uh attacks pina for uh lezzing out with with laura um uh there is a very erotic uh scene with the three ladies in here including Pina and Laura as she abandons Carlo from his photo shoot because she's just tired of the abuse. Uh, and yeah, this is, um, this one's almost kind of a, it's got like kind of a heavy, like stoner vibe uh, to it <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. It's, it's very, uh, it's a very strange, uh, it's a very, very strange film with a, just a mishmash of stuff going on. I can see some people hating it. I am not one of those people. I find this one oddly entertaining, but how about you, Todd? Yeah, I'm with you. This is always one, even though this one isn't 
you know, an actual Emmanuel one. I, I not at all. Yeah, not yeah. at all. But I think with the locales and stuff, it's easier to like kind of forget that than say Black Cobra Woman, Black Cobra, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, back to the title because they called it White Emmanuel, Black Emmanuel on the old seven release. I don't know why we didn't keep it the same. <sighs> Sorry, but yeah, I, I do like this one. This one, it's not my favorite of the Lord Gemser stuff, but it it's it's entertaining. I agree with you. Um, it yeah, I kind of like that soap opera comparison, but and and that's not in a bad way. I don't think you meant it. Obviously, no, I, I don't. It, it is. It's kind of like a dirty soap opera. I mean, there is some you know fucked up stuff. I mean, uh, Carlo does assault uh, Laura before. She runs off uh, with Pena for for some sapphic action uh, that, that is always a must in these films. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's it kind of all... <laughs> she's had enough when he wants to, like, pho- photograph her with uh, these dead bodies that these raiders killed out in the middle of the, the desert. And uh, so, I mean, like I said, they do throw a few things in there that are a little bit more on the, the sinister side, but for the most part, it, it really is. It's just a really strange film. Uh, but I, I always enjoy seeing Al Cliver, uh, something a little different from him. Um, and I just like the cast. I, I feel like this could be, this is this is one of the black sheep films that I know not everybody's gonna like. So, um, yeah, what do you rate right. this one? Cast wise, super strong. Yeah. Um, I'm a three and a half on this one. Also, I do really like this one, but okay, yeah, I, I I'm gonna stick at that too. You know, it, obviously we've been watching all of these back to back to back, so I might be running on a, a high where them being a little bit different kind of works in their favor. So yeah. who knows if I watch this first, maybe I'd be a little bit lower, but, well, uh, I it's hard it. with those four in the row, like right at the top. Cause there's four yeah. that are super, those, you know, from, um, um, Emmanuel in the world to last candles. There's those four. Yeah. Just awesome. So it's hard at beyond those. <laughs> it, it, it is. Uh, but I've always liked this. I've never not liked this yeah. movie though. Um, so we on the extras front, we have uh, Black Velvet uh, interviews with uh, Annie Bell and Al Cliver. That's one of the ones. Uh, it runs 18 minutes. Um, and Cliver just talks about how he kind of got into to movies. Um, he talks uh, his role he did for Visconti, Def, uh, Def in Venice. Uh, talks starring in The End of Innocence and uh, his real life relationship with uh, Annie Bell, who he uh, was also in that film, uh, Laura, with uh, that uh, you should check out because, uh, again, it's like sort of the alternate take on the novel. Um, and uh, he, he does tell a, an interesting story about that Laura movie because initially uh, Linda Lovelace was cast uh, in the lead and she was fired after 10 days of shooting and replaced by Annie Bell. So uh, an interview well worth checking out. Uh, there's also Roots of Evil, an interview with uh, biographer Alberto Pizzotta on uh, director Brunello Rondi that runs 17 minutes. And he talks a little bit about uh, that 
actor's uh, career in Black Velvet in particular. Um, some some good uh, some good information there about that film, and uh, uh, just some of the films that people would try and pass off as sequels to uh, Black Emmanuel. In in some ways. Uh, yeah, he talks a little bit about the producers and some of the the tricks they pulled with that, um, and uh, good good rundown on that uh, director. He he kind of talks about Riot in a Women's Prison being uh, his his most popular movie. Uh, we also get a relationship of confusion, an interview with film critic Joseph Fahim that runs Seventeen Minutes, and uh, uh, this is probably the one to to at least for me and my personal interests to check out because uh, he's an Egyptian film critic and he talks about the setting at the time and some of the temples and locales of the movie um, and uh, how this, this film is really a time capsule because a lot of it's just not as it, it was anymore. Uh, he talks the early Hollywood obsession with ancient Egypt, which uh, if you're a film fan, You'll you'll know that was a, a, a centerpiece of many many movies uh, in in the golden era of Hollywood, and uh, he he has some background because even you know even I'm not an expert in Egyptian cinema. He talks uh, Egyptian filmmaker Shadi Abdel Salam, uh, who made the 1969 film The Mummy, Night of Counting the Years. Uh, and he gets some good background on the Egyptian uh, uh, film boom and the the freedom and lack of censorship in some of the films of the late 60s and early 70s uh, versus the current state, which unfortunately is extreme censorship of film. So this is this was a cool little piece on the history of uh, Egyptian cinema in general so uh check it out once again as you know at this point this is a wonderful box set with a lot to discover i know i'm skimming some extras but there you go so guys we will be back here shortly with yet more black emmanuel we're at least we're getting towards the end now so uh what do we got todd like five more episodes to go six more episodes i think we we did five it depends if we want to Lump yeah. up the documentaries up with our last films. There you go. We haven't decided yet. So you got at least five or six more. We hope you're enjoying them. And uh, let us know, as always, what are some of your favorites uh, in in this uh, this this massive franchise? Uh, and also let us know what you thought of these two films, particularly in the comments, because comments always help, and we appreciate them. We try and read them all. Yeah. And on that note. That's all we have for tonight. Join us and come again next time. Good evening.